everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Felt a great disturbance in the force. Hello, I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, Mark, like a dog for me. Where's the goodies? Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if Mom and Dad were here. You filthy criminal. Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead. Make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. The value of a film that's like a uh, theme park film, for example, uh, the Marvel-type pictures, where, where the theaters become amusement parks, that's a different experience. And it's like, it's not even, it's a, I was saying earlier, it's not cinema, it's something else. And so that, that's a big issue. And we need the theater owners to step up for that, you see, to allow theaters to show films that are narrative films. Oh, welcome to Everything Old is New Again. This is Douglas Viviani. That was none other than Martin Scorsese. And I am here with the rather controversial David Cohen. Controversial? How about that? Are you controversial? Yes? Me, no? Me? I don't think so. Would those comments be controversial to you generally, or were they controversial a few weeks back when Martin Scorsese went ahead and presented those comments in the promotion of his new film, The Irishman. Well, I, from what I understood, uh, they were quite controversial. Uh, but I also understand they might have been, you know, mis- taken out of context, something like that. I think so. We're going to dive into that here on Everything Old is New Again. We're going to find out what was he meaning, what did he say, why does it matter. There's, if you go online, there are probably 50 different uh, posts, whether it be podcasts, whether they be stars, whether they be newscasts, that have talked about those comments. Now, were they taken out of context? The people that are commenting on them, did they even hear them? Did they understand them? Uh, let's talk about that here on Everything Old is New Again. We're going to go and dive into the theater experience as well. What is it like to go to the movies now? What should it be like? What's working? What's not working? Home theaters, all that stuff. Let's dive into it. David Cohen, because uh, you know that is a big part of pop culture. What do you think, or your interpretation of what he was saying, and how do you pronounce Martin Scorsese's last name. I think you're pretty much on the mark okay, there. Good. Yeah, that's close enough. You know, I think he it was taken a bit out of context, but even just hearing that clip you played, I don't think it's controversial at all. I mean, I think that the Marvel... I think what he was saying was that there's a place for the Marvel movies, but there should also be a place for the more cinematic, as I think he put it, types of movies that he makes and other filmmakers make that don't involve superheroes. Right. So I, what I think, I agree with you on many levels, I think what he's trying to say is that in his world, cinema is more or less a play on... Or in the in the movies in the theater, like The Godfather, like uh, Goodfellas, movies that have some narrative thread to little them. special effect. I think he's focused on special effects, though. Uh, I think both. Let's talk about this. But I think just generally, I think he's talking in his mind. Those don't have the interpersonal conflicts and drama that I have in my movies, or generally speaking, in what I call cinema yeah, they movies. They're, they're all action driven. Well. We'll talk about that. But anyway, but are we going to get into like what he actually said, though? Or, or... But we just... That no, was no, the no, I know, I know but, but, but it was in the con- 
context of the question that was asked to him. Well, what? yes. Now, the bigger scheme of that, before we get into the particulars that we were just going to do, you're, you're right, is that he's talking about the idea, number one, that his movie's three and a half hours, he took 10 years to get it made. He almost couldn't get it made because the actors were older now and they had to use CGI to make them look younger in parts of this movie, from what I understand. Uh, that he couldn't get it made because it's not special effects, even though it had these great stars attached to it. Couldn't get the money. Finally got the money from Netflix. It was released in the movie theaters for a week. The week later, I believe the timing is a week, maybe two, it's on Netflix. So you now can watch it in the movies or on Netflix at home. So he's talking about uh, a couple of things, but what he's trying to talk about is, number one, why did, I, in my world, I'm thinking now, he's saying to himself, why did I have such trouble getting financing? I'm an Oscar award-winning director. I know I'm 77 years old, but I have a reputation. I have all these terrific actors. I don't know what the script is, but I'm alleging that he, he, he thinks the script is... is a good script uh, along right up his alley with what I understand it's a gangster movie basically right um, and it has you know De Niro and About Jimmy Hoffa mostly yeah, yeah you know so all, all of that gangster stuff going on so it's it's everything that I'm known for why can't I get this made yeah. and why can't it be in a movie theater where people sit there and watch my three and a half hour movie should my, my reviews here I'm hearing should only be three hours but okay my long movie in the theater why can't people sit and watch it like they did The Godfather, like they did Goodfellas, like they did Raging Bull? He didn't do Godfather, of course, but I'm just using that as an example. Right, right. And, you know, to sit there and enjoy the experience of interacting only and with this movie, not special effects. That's what I think he's, his point of view is. I think his deficiency is, and you can challenge me on this, is he has never seen an Avengers or a Marvel movies agreed to. He's never seen one. So ha with all due respect, I agree with what he's saying. But on the other hand, I, I, in, in terms of what I just said about why you can't sit and watch a movie without special effects, I agree with that. And those kind of movies should be made. They would cost less too, by the way. But and we'll talk about that. But my point of view on his comment is, how do you make a comment about those movies when you've never seen them. And he's never actually seen them. Yeah, he's never he's never mm. seen an, an Avengers movie or any Marvel movie. Right. So that's not fair on that side because... It's not fair. I don't think it would change his opinion necessarily, but but yes, I see your point. Because I think his opinion is more about mo movies and the... the he talked about theater owners having to step up. For the theater owners, his view is theater owners should be telling... Uh, whatever it might be, Disney or any movie studios, Netflix, hey, we want more movies like, I'm making it up now, The Godfather, you know, Jaws, doesn't have these special effects, dramas, uh, we want more interaction like that, more of these, it could be lower budget movies, um, then everything has to be well, a, sh a shoot 'em up special effects. Yeah, he wants more films than he does, right, the, the, the action movies. Which I understand, and I agree with him. And P.S., when is the last time that you saw a great comedy in the movie theater? In the last 10 years, maybe there's about three of them. Yeah. yeah. Why? There used to be tons. Well, that's a whole other topic, yeah. but yes. Because, yeah. I'll tell you why. Because... They're only the, the superhero movies make money. They're only investing in huge, huge budgeted superhero movies now because they can, they can make one of those and make a billion profit, or make 
a hundred of Scorsese's movies and make a billion, not a hundred, ten of, of his movies. They're riskier. Movies. I mean, yeah. I mean, one of the uh, uh, a non-action movie can make a lot of money, yes. but they're riskier. And be pro- be very profitable. Yeah. But the right, the risk is. But then again, now mainly Disney owns the ballpark. There's the there's the DC world, which is a lot less successful, and those superheroes exist. But other than that, Disney owns it all. So now Disney is this gigantic dinosaur. This mm-hmm. this in the world of puny humans running around. Like there's that element too, where it's like, oh man. Uh, every movie is now coming from Disney is a huge blockbuster, and every other studio is struggling because they don't own any properties. Right, it's yeah, really tough. It's sad. It's sad. And so, yeah, there, you know, I know some people, you know, in the industry, so to speak, and so do you. But the, you know, a little bit, you see that if you're not attached to a Disney property these days, it's suspect. These movies is not a ton that they're doing that are taking risks. They don't want to take risks anymore. They need to, their 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 bottom line is they're competing for the dollar. And they're out that. there. There are plenty of really great movies out there, but yeah. they don't get the kind of exposure that. These Look at days. that Mister Rogers movie just for a kick. Just right. saying, uh, I'm just recently movies. Yeah, no matter what, it's a Tom Hanks movie. It's not competing with any uh, anything you know. Frozen too. No. It's not competing with that. Right. You know. I mean, and it's almost like it's almost become a monopoly with these. Disney movies and Disney's gobbled up every property. What don't they own? They own Star Wars. I mean, and I don't know. If you can argue whether they're doing the right thing by Star Wars or not, and all these other properties, which I don't think they are. But you know, yeah, it's it's a shame. That's so, what people are going to see, right? Um, and I think so. Scorsese's saying, you know, they don't have drama in those movies. Well, guess what? Uh, half of the characters died in Avengers. Oh, come on. Uh, oh, please. To, for Ant-Man to be a success, he has to be successful with his, with his daughter, and he has interactions with her. Oh, and, okay. uh, you know, so oh. you're, you're poo-pooing the level of drama that there is. Let's see yeah. what Samuel L. Jackson says to you, David Cohen. Did you hear Martin Scorsese's thoughts on Marvel films, on superhero films not being I cinema? I passed by that, but I didn't pay much attention to it. You were kind of like, it, it doesn't... I mean, that's like saying, you know, bug money ain't funny. You know, films are films. You know, everybody doesn't like his stuff either. You know, I mean, we happen to, but yeah. ev- everybody doesn't. You know, there are a lot of Italian Americans that don't think he should be making films about them like that. So, I mean, everybody's got an opinion. So, I mean, it's okay. I ain't gonna stop nobody from making a movie. David Cohen. True or false? Samuel L. Jackson is a key, key component in the Marvel universe. I would say false, but I know what you're saying. He, he he makes a lot of money, and he's in a lot of those movies as an ancillary character. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't take what he says. Hate to cut you off. We'll be back. Continues right after this. Everything else is again. I can't help it. I have no time. Okay, so let, now we can get into a lot more. But of you now. asked me, and then you cut me off. Well, I had no time. <laughs> to don't ask. Let's do it now. You're listening to Everything Old David is Cohen, New go. Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. The original conception of what a film is and where it's to be seen has now changed so radically that we may have to say, okay, let's say uh, there's a certain kind of film that's made here. There might be obviously virtual reality films. There's holograms. There's all sorts of things that are going to be coming that we really know. So uh, something that, that should always be protected as much as possible and I think will always be there is a communal experience. And I think that's best in a theater. Now, 
homes are becoming theaters too. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's a major change. It sure is. So we're back here on Everything Old is New Again with David Cohen talking all things Martin Scorsese and his uh, discussion of what's theater and what's David not. Cohen, what are your thoughts? Well, I think... That's all the time we have today. So when, Thank you. <laughs> we left off. We had uh, Mar- uh, Samuel Jackson saying what he was saying. It wasn't that deep. But uh, David Cohen, no, what your reaction point, to that? My only point is he's completely biased. Of course he's going to talk the Marvel up and, and Scorsese down. He's got a he's a key component in the Marvel Universe. So I take what he says w- with a huge grain of salt. All right, there's, even, there's even more of a significant character that is... Uh, would you say has a conflict of interest his name would be robert downey jr i think he in his view uh and by the way there's a lot to be said for how these genre movies and i was happy to be part of the problem if there is one right uh, denigrated the the art the form. era the art form of cinema and by the way when you come in like a stomping beast and you eliminate the competition in such a uh, demonstrative way, you know, it's it's phenomenal. And so, <laughs> I don't know that he's well, I'm not sure that he's kind of playing on both sides. Sure here, you know? He still wants to make films, <laughs> but he still wants to be Iron Man. So, there you go. He, he, well, he doesn't want to be Iron Man though. He, he wanted his character killed off, and his character is killed off. So he wanted out. I mean, after after creating this behemoth, you know. True. Um, you know. So again, I I. Only thing I recoil or only thing I object to Scorsese is by putting down another form of of theater. Uh, there, you know, we're splitting hairs. This is like a New York, Los Angeles kind of thing. In that, you know, we feel that there's such a difference between the words cinema and movies, right? But for the general public, you know, the idea I think is I go to the movies. Do I like it or I don't like it? That's it. So, like, this is an intellectual conversation about two words that, you know, so what, you know? But on the other hand, what I'm I'm taking Scorsese's side on some of this is that we do need another avenue of funding besides Disney for movies and for movies that don't have special effects. I love the special effects movies. I love the the Marvel and the science fiction. But it's not the only thing I want to see. Right. There's right. a lot more that could be seen. I don't see comedies. That bothers me, number one. Yeah. Number two, yeah, I could go for you know some good dramas or what have you. Uh, I didn't see uh, uh, you know the Mr. Rogers movie yet, but I, I have a plan. I would like to see that. Why didn't I see it yet? Because my, my kids wanted to see Frozen 2 first. Sure. So I'm, you know, I, I get frustrated. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're, you're time constrained, also. So right, and but will I take my kids to see uh, Mr. Rogers? I don't know that I could do that. Right. So it's right. now it's limited, and that's their problem too. Is because they're saying we're not. I'm not their audience anymore. The kids, the people that are you know that don't have kids or aren't families that are sitting home, is not their audience. Right. On the other hand, now Scorsese is pretty sharp, and he's saying, "Wait a minute, now." People are watching movies on their cell phone. They're watching movies at home. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's somewhere on, there. On their Apple Watch, right? <laughs> but but you know, on your Apple Watch, Star Wars is not going to look as good as in a, in a screen in a, in a big theater, right? So maybe there's a room for those little movies or the dramas in uh, that are going to be profitable, but not make a billion uh, in the home market. Maybe that's part of the solution. You tell me. Well, yeah, I guess we can get into it, but there are certain movies that I think need to be seen on the larger screen, that even in a on a big screen TV at home, 
you, you lose the impact of it. Right, which we'll get into our next section. That's a little tease. Yeah. Uh, right now, let's listen to, again, a little more of the argument by Paul Rudd. Uh, just a smidge more on this. Well, ultimately, you really care about relationships with people. It isn't all just special effects driven. It isn't action, whatever genre it falls into. You, know, you want to see people and human behavior and talking to each other. And I know that when we're working on these things, we care about the characters. I, in Ant-Man, I'm, I have a whole relationship with my daughter. You know, the human struggles of being a superhero. And there's we're trying to deal with human issues and things that, yes. are, that are relatable, that I, are I not think... just rides. It, movies, it's all just changed so much. They're not making middle you know, budgeted films for uh, as much. And that's why so many of those writers are now going to television. Yeah, so that's part of it. Do you have a clip from someone who's not in the Marvel Universe? <laughs> I mean, no. That was Paul Rudd. I mean, that's only... Robert Downey Jr. And you've got, you've got uh, you know, the first guy we heard, of Samuel L. Jackson. They, they're all biased because only... they made millions well, off the... these movies. Well, and Scorsese's biased because he's made millions off of the other kind of movies. And I have two quotes from him. That's all I got. That's it. That's why we need to fill in the gap here. But the point is... Um, yeah, you know, Marvel is not going to change the way you think about life. Scorsese's movies... <laughs> it's changed the way I thought about my own life. Like, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? I have to stop watching these movies. But you can't, because they're, they're tremendous I still haven't seen Marvel, the, the last one. So oh, I, I did know Iron Man died, but thank you for letting You're me know. You're welcome. They are but also, they never really die, right? Superheroes always die, and they always come back. No one's killed yeah, forever. Yeah, but the actors sometimes, are just, uh, they don't want to come back. Yeah, no, that's true. But and anybody so can wear that. Uh, that. Uh, yeah, not the only one I would... How many Spider-Men there were? I would argue with you about uh, Iron Man. Other than that, I would say, yes, there are many re- replaceable. Iron Man may have been the only replaceable character. He was amazing. Yeah. yeah. You can't replace him, I don't think. Yeah, that's the only, that's the only one I would say. Uh, but So the, the question then is, how much of this... Uh, is important to you and I, um, what are we trying to say here? What movies would you like to see made? I, I explained mine. What movies would you like to see made that are not being made now? What type of movies, let's say? I think the type of movies that um, that have more than just action, and, and I would say even more than just drama in them, that, that are more... Um, you know, visually impacting where, where the environment or, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's not just about the relationship between two people, although that's incredibly important to any movie, um, but the environment that they're in, the, the climate that they're in, the, you know, um, the sound, the music, perhaps, that there's so much more to a movie, you know, metaphors, all that kind of you know, esoteric kind of stuff that makes you think. I mean, to me, those are the most enjoyable movies, um, just because I think uh, it really, you really have to think about the time and the effort that went into putting them together, to thinking not just about the great storyline, but about other things that come into play in the storyline that visually, or at least from a sound listening perspective, make that experience more more fulfilling to you. Those are the kinds of movies that I really well, enjoy. There are two things there. Number one, and, and those, and they don't have to be just movies no one's ever heard of either. They, they can right. be big blockbuster movies, but they kind of hit all of the uh, to me all the salient points. Well, like the Revenant, uh, you know, the one where the, the, he's fighting the bear out in the woods. Remember that one? I, do, I didn't see, see that one. So you, <laughs> <laughs> no, but from what I've heard, yes, that sort of thing. Like right, in other right. words, uh, it ha- I have to disagree slightly in that 
you, you got to have a story first. You got to have the script. I don't no, care no, where I, it I, takes place. No, I, I agree with that. Yeah. But, yeah. but what you're saying is the story could take place somewhere that. besides the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Uh, and the story can be a bit deeper than than Paul Rudd thinking that his that Ant-Man's relationship from his daughter is what the movie was about. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, in an action movie, how much time are you going to give to that relationship? Very little. Right. You throw it in there because you need some kind of story, some kind of relationship to make the movie Yeah, but work, you know, but, but the Marvel movies would not be successful if they didn't have stories. There are no, stories right. behind and that's every why one of them. I, that's why I think part of the reason that DC is such a failure, because those stories just aren't as good, you know? Correct. So there are stories... In the Avengers. But let's get off that because um, we can argue how significant the stories are or not. But there are, there are stories there. There's no doubt there are stories there. But, there, you know, the other side of the fence, let's devil's advocate against, um, for me, against Scorsese. And I'm not against him, but my devil's advocate is, all right, uh, you're making mostly dark movies or mostly, besides Raging Bull, which is a dark movie, but besides that, mostly movies about gangsters. So I'm tired of your gangster movies. Come up with something else. Yeah. I mean, right? right. Vinyl was basically gangster stuff, and that was television. Uh, the Irishmen are gangsters. Uh, you know, everything he's done on some level or another is dark or has a gangster element to yeah, it. Yeah, for the most there part. There are more things in life than gangsters. I never met – well, I'm not going to say that, but I, I've, you know uh, – I've never experienced life of that dark nature. I understand it. I look at it from afar, but I've never killed somebody. I hopefully never will kill somebody. So I'm not relating to those characters, just like I'm not relating to Avengers 100%, but they're a little more human. Um, but neither of them are characters I can relate to on a daily basis. So Martin Scorsese, why are you telling me so much about I want drama when all your drama is about something that I'm not going to relate to either? I'm not going to experience the, a mobster situation, just like I'm not going to experience superheroes so what's the difference well not every story is going to be about your specific life but you can see your life in other characters and other situations no you're not a mobster but i think you can relate to some of the relationships right well, but Marcus, just, just, just if you're like, so interested in this do something besides a, a gangster movie yeah no i don't disagree with you on that uh, but that's that's what he's good at. Well, right? that's, that's what that's, Marvel's good at. That's so the other side of the it. fence is they're just fighting each other based on the genre, I think. We'll be back right after this and everything old is new again. We're going to talk about what movies should we suggest or do we suggest that you must see in the big theater and how have theaters changed? Uh, going to the movies is not what it used to be. With the ripped carpet and the, uh, remember these days and you can't find your seat or the usher telling you to be quiet with the, back in the day, you'd have somebody with a flashlight with the, the red thing on it, right? The little mask and you'd, they'd tell you what's going on and, you know, you can't bring anything in and you can't eat anything. And, you know, it was a different world. And now these days it's the exact opposite. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, the movie going experience uh, is what we're going to talk about when we get back on Everything Old is New Again. I know I'd go from right Now, back to America's entertainment pop culture talk show. Everything old is new again with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. But he's making a comment about how movies are made. The fact that big budget movies, these superhero movies, are the thing that 
studios are getting behind and putting their money behind and it's very difficult to get a certain type of film made and so a lot of what it, the comments that he's making are about that all right we're back on everything old is new again uh, that's the black panther himself chadwick Bros uh, been talking about listen <laughs> You keep quoting these Marvel Universe guys. <laughs> they're the ones that have comments about it. Yeah, because they're they're they, they were, were, they they were, were directly, directly impacted yes. by yeah. Well, all I'm saying is that you know if you want to be a real journalist, Doug, you've got to get some unbiased third party. You know, I went right to the source. I got Scorsese. <laughs> Scorsese. Yeah, the guy right who there. said it, and the guy who was impact, and the other guys who were impacted by yeah, it. Yeah. What else is what it about? Too? What about? Uh, what do you know, want? Some, some theorists? I'm tr- actually trying to think of an actor and actress that's not in the Marvel universe. There is none. <laughs> They're very and, few. Um, what do you want me to put up? Uh, like some like Siskel and Ebert, and have them be the experts to tell us. I want us to be the experts to interpret and talk about what they're saying. And what I think right now is Martin Scorsese. His time, I hate to say this, time is passing him by in that the movie-going experience has changed. He's recoiling against that. And I think rightfully so, but it doesn't make it any less part of... There's a there's a whole change in the way movies are being watched now. And you can't necessarily just say that those are not theater-going experiences that people are enjoying. Because millions and billions of dollars I, are being I, made. I agree with that. So, you know, that's the point of view. Let's look at this, though. I don't want to look at... In the next section, I'm going to look at how movie viewing has changed in the theater itself. So right now, I just want to focus on looking at movies, whether they were from the 1930s or till today, that you feel must be seen for the first time, if you're introducing someone to this movie for the first time, in the big screen and why. So in other words, movies that Scorsese was talking about that are not Scorsese movies necessarily. Not necessarily. I'm talking about any movie. Could be, you, you, we could say that The Avengers has to be seen in the big screen. You could also say The Godfather has to be in the big screen. And I would say for both of those, let's start that. The Godfather, first viewing, if you want to get the, the real experience of that movie... I think you've got to go, and they do this, by the way. Have you seen this? A lot of these um, local Broadway-type theaters you know, the, in your local town will ha- have a movie theater capability, and they'll play the old movies on the yeah. anniversaries. Great. They did that with The Godfather recently and around here. I didn't go, uh, but um, if my kids were of age, that's where I would say, hey, let's go see this movie in, in the big screen because the environment that you're in, in the darkness, for that movie, big screen, looking at what's going on, it's bigger than life, it's the gravitas of what's happening there lends itself to the big screen, as does the Avengers. I'm going to say they both have that, maybe for different reasons, because uh, one's escapist and uh, you know one's realism, if you will. Uh, but I think they both need to be seen in the big screen. David Cohen. Okay, yeah, that's I, I agree with that. I put them in two categories. One is... One is more about like the visual and the audio impact of seeing something in a, in a big movie theater. Another one has more to do with. Let me let me just cut. Dive in, baby. So we're not we're, I'm not talking about Marvel, but I, two movies come to mind immediately uh, that are not necessarily dramas. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jurassic Park, the very first Jurassic Park, because I saw both of those in movie theaters, and if I hadn't seen them in movie theaters, there's no way. I would have been impacted in the same way that I was. Especially Close Encounters, I would think. And Close Encounters because, I was getting before about, 
what I was getting to before about the script being important in the, in the human relationship, but the other things that come into play in a movie like the cinematography, the, the spaceship was such a huge character, okay? The, the, the mountain that, uh, what's his name, Richard Dreyfuss kept forming was such a huge character in that movie, and the impact of it, seeing it on the big screen, is nothing like watching uh, on ho- at home, because you just don't, you're not enveloped by the entire well, experience, Yes, right? and if you remember the scene where the beginning, when he encounters the UFO, and the, it's above his truck, oh. and it shakes and all yeah. this, and his arm gets burned, for, right. like a sunburn and all that, um, in the theater, that has an effect. Watch it on TV, it's nothing. No. You know why? Because when you're looking at it at a big screen in a dark theater like that, you're, you're, you feel like you're there with the character. Right. Right? That's the difference. You feel like it's happening to you and to the character. And I got that feeling also from Jurassic Park, seeing it. I saw it at the Zigfield, which is this old, I don't even think it's there anymore, old but big, old-time New York City movie theater. Right. And when that, the first stomp of the, of the, um, Whatever, Tyrannosaurus yeah. foot, and you see the water jiggle on, right. the, on the that, and you felt it. So the theater also had that that, that surround sound. Surround sound. You felt it. You saw it. There is no way you can convince me that has the same impact of watching it at home. Now, in the rare occasion, people do have separate rooms, or they'll make their living room dark, and they've got the surround sound, not the bar, the surround sound, actual speakers around you know the room, and they turn it up, and they you know they have to make an experience of this. Turn the lights out in the house and it's a big screen you can get close you get close but you do, what's also missing is all the other people around you you know they may have a reaction too well and that was going to be another uh, another part i don't know how much time we have but yeah we got some time okay. we're good so for example all right i'll give you the uh, example of when i saw pulp fiction in the theater when it opened pulp fiction at the time was a pretty groundbreaking movie, but it was also extremely popular as soon as it opened. So I saw it maybe on the second night or third night. The theater was packed. We had to wait on a line to get in. And again, now, if I saw it on a small screen, is there a difference? Small screen, big screen, Pulp Fiction? Maybe not. But the fact that I was in the theater and, every, and the electricity in the crowd watching that movie just made the... the I'll never forget that. Right. So I'll never forget liking the movie but more importantly I'll never forget the experience of seeing the movie with people who were completely into it and right. totally over the top with this movie I'll mention a couple that are the same exact thing Raiders of the Lost Dog first Star Wars and uh, and Rocky all three of, running out of time so I won't take yeah. them individually but all three of them had the crowd that you look over and everybody's all excited uh, uh, to see this movie and and uh, everyone's in their seat and stays in their seat the whole movie. They're chomping on the, <laughs> the popcorn or whatever it might be, but they're involved in, in what's yeah. going on. You could see it and feel it. No one's looking around. There's no cell phones going off. All this stuff um, because they were so engaging, these movies. That's part of your enjoyment, right? Yes. Finally, with comedies... For me, Airplane and Pink Panther, it may sound bizarre because they're not the greatest movies in the world, but when I saw them in theaters, other people laughing at all these silly jokes and all of that, after a while you do get caught up in that. Maybe I was younger, I don't remember what the whole thing, but um, if you watch those movies on TV, especially Pink Panther, it's dated, it doesn't work, but if you were in the theater, or maybe are in the theater now and in a sold out show in a comedy or comedies like that it's like a you know it's infectious the, the laughter is infectious so those movies they have so many jokes it just 
sooner or later you start laughing. When Harry Met Sally is another one. We saw it in the theater. You couldn't hear half the punchlines because everybody right. was laughing. Right, exactly. You know? But you still loved it. Exactly. Right? It's, it's like a live event. It's almost like that. What's on the screen is happening live just exactly, for you. Exactly, exactly. You know, and that's that's really uh, an important aspect of seeing and enjoying the movies. Um, do you have any others? I have, we, have a, we have time. I've, yeah, I've I have a few more. Go ahead. Uh, so, so another one where I think like the environment of the movie made a big impact on seeing it on a bigger screen was Fargo. So Fargo, if you remember, took place in Fargo, North Dakota. A lot of the movie was shot um, outside. It was always white out conditions right there was snow not only was the ground full of snow but the sky was white everything was white and i think it was done intentionally of course intentionally there was a lot of blood there was a lot of violence in the movie and against that white background i think was very dramatic and seeing and so to me the snow and the weather and the climate became one of the main characters of the movie and to see that on the bigger screen was the best way to really feel the impact of the whole movie if if you saw it for the first time on a smaller screen i don't think you i don't think it would impact you the same way right, right. there was more maybe about the story less about everything that was going on that that affected the story affected the characters affected their actions um and so on the bigger screen you you, you got that just like just like uh, so many of these movies you have to sometimes even the brand new movies that are coming out now when there's an anticipation if you want to see a make it up frozen 2 if you if that's your thing and you really want to see that movie you really need to carve out some time that first week or two when you're going with a big crowd not necessarily for the special effects of frozen 2 but I'm just using an example for the crowded theater experience. There's right. something about that fighting for your seat, getting there early. You got to buy the tickets in advance. Let's get to that it's an seat. event, right? Yes, it's an event. So that's to me part of of what this is all about is being part of that as well. And not every movie is going to make the grade. Very only two or three a season, I would say, make the grade that need to you need to see right away. <laughs> we should talk about movies that should only be seen on a small screen. That would, be- <laughs> that would take a long. <laughs> <laughs> time but anyway so we'll be back let's talk about the movie experience today what's going on what's changing there's a lot of new things happening in the theater because theaters want you to get out and not you know they're in competition with the home theater so what are they doing to make it uh, more enjoyable or not we'll be back right after this and everything old it's new again This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. At AMC Dine-In Theaters, we're taking dinner and a movie to the next level. Enjoy burgers, bowls, even signature drinks. You can also order from a full menu of entrees and desserts. Our chefs handcraft everything in-house using only the freshest ingredients. Made to order just for you. All served directly from our kitchen to your seat. AMC Dine-In Theaters, a fresh take on dinner and a movie. Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. This is Douglas Viviani with uh, David Cohen, the moviegoer himself. He's, re- he's just dying to say something. I, for a second, I thought maybe we had our first sponsor. <laughs> it was not a commercial, yeah, though, was should, it? We it really, wasn't a commercial no, for us. No, we should ah. go. We should dive into those uh, uh, this this area of of movie making and sponsorship. I um, 
I don't know if we should talk about that right now because that's the latest thing or build up to that. I have some other things that we do in the movies before that. Let's talk about that since it's on, it's it's here. Uh, right down the block, they <clears throat> we have a movie theater. It's family owned. Used to be big screen to smaller screens now. They have, I believe, six movies at a time. You can go any movie before uh, 5 o'clock is $5, even on the weekends. Uh, even afterwards, uh, if you go, it's like 8 or $9. And if you go with your kid, they give you for $5. A kid gets a candy, a popcorn, and a drink. Wow. So it's all manageable. It's all reasonable. It's all fun. The screen's a little bit small, so that's the only problem. Um, so I enjoy going there with the kids. Now, would I want to see one of these big screen movies there? No, of course not. But down the block now, they have built an AMC, one of these what are they? What are they calling them? Uh, Dine-in movie theaters. Yeah, where they they'll actually serve you. Yeah, and and uh, I have to investigate to see if they're all dine-in or they have IMAX versus dine-in. I don't know, you know, what exactly setup they have in all. I think there's eight theaters there. Uh, I have to look into it. But the bottom line is they have a dine-in. Now with, with, there's a bar there. There's all kind of food. We can go through the menu. There's all kinds of food there. There's a table that comes over like a school desk you know that you would sit at and watch a movie and my problem is or my thought is initially i hate this idea yeah because you haven't done it yet i absolutely (laughs) hate it well first of all the dinner and the movie i want to have the movie the dinner afterwards to talk about the movie at least to start the conversation number one number two i don't want to hear some guy next to me chomping on his dinner number three i don't want to see some kid crying because they'd spelt their dinner on the floor i don't want to be interrupted by table service where someone is looking for they ordered the meal they have table service now the movies in the middle of the movie three or four waitresses or waiters are going to be coming no around. they don't do that though they well, don't how do, do they that. do that no no you you order because i've been to one or two okay and, and i actually like them good i'm glad we can argue over it, it, well, because it's it, it i had the same trepidations you did but it's really not bad first of all you're spaced away from other people, so it's not like a guy sitting right next to you chewing on popcorn that's driving you crazy. Okay, so well, you maybe that really one, hear. but I've seen them in the commercials, and they're next to each other. But it could be okay. your theater was a little different. The other thing is they're served before the movie starts. So you order, they come to you early, you okay. order your meal, they bring it to you before, and they don't approach you again until after the movie's over. So you don't have to worry about Well, how are we assured? Do they cut the time off of when you can order it so that the movie's not started yes. by the time they're coming through? That's right. Okay. Right. So you're served and you're ready to eat as the movie's starting. And you're not hearing anyone eat. Uh, well, you don't the, hear any t- the, utensils and whatever. The twice that I've done it, it I don't remember being distracted by that. Okay. No. Okay. I would uh, try, so I, and try it. To your point, maybe, maybe not all theaters were like the ones I went to, but give it a shot and see what you think. I, I definitely will. But the one that I've seen, uh, I've looked at researchers just uh, by pictures, is regular seats with the hoo-ha that comes over the over, not the yes. you know I know the ones you're talking about those big we could talk about that the big couch-like seats that come out and all of that yeah. is probably what you're talking yes. about. They they didn't have that's not the setup that's in the theater by me. I see. They have that setup, but not the dine-in for those. That's a separate one where you reserve your seat and you have the big couch as if it's at home or the big recliner and you sit in that. But that's not necessarily dine in. Although um, I don't know, uh, it's a good question. I don't. I know they have those two types. Try it. Just make sure it's a movie that um, 
you're not dying to see. So, <laughs> you know what I mean. So, right. you're not going to be more upset because uh, you know you've you've been dying to see this movie. But and like every as, every little slurp is going to distract you. But exactly. But isn't that such a symptom of our? World, it's a two-hour movie. You can't not eat for two hours. <laughs> right, of course, I mean, you right. got to be kidding me! And you can't be paying attention to that movie when you're eating. When you've no, got to look down and what's it, going on. I'm totally with you there. You know, I, like, I did, I did it because my... it was cool. Because it was like I wanted to experience it, and I liked it the first time, so I did it again. But if there was a movie that I really wanted to see, no, there's no way I'd be eating dinner. I yeah. mean, I want to focus on but the movie. These people are moving around, and then the wife is taking the piece of uh, whatever, whatever the chicken from the husband's plate, and he's arguing. What are you doing taking my food? And I mean, you know, there could be a whole thing going on with that. You have your own food. And, and what if you have to go to the bathroom? Now you got all this stuff on this table. You got to put all your stuff away somewhere so you can lift the table to go to the bathroom. It just seems like problematic to me. That's just me. Let's look at the menu, though. Ah, okay. <laughs> the menu looks pretty good. All right, well, yeah, let's see. Um, all right, well, it's for snacks, you got chicken nachos, fried mozzarella. Bacon tots, a loaded bacon tots of fries, mm. lettuce cups, wedge lettuce cups. You're going to have a, a iceberg lettuce with applewood, smoked bacon, cherry tomatoes, hardwood eggs, red onion, chives, blue cheese crumbles, and house-made ranch dressing. That's not going to get everywhere? Are you kidding? Oh, you mean you're going like to eat that in the stuff? dark. You're going to eat that in the dark. <laughs> Are you kidding? Well, if you can't see where it's going, who cares? <laughs> it's all over you. You better like wear a smock. <laughs> all right. How about uh, dry rub wi- r- dry rub wings, chicken wings? That's not going to be too too messy in the dark. Uh, boneless wings. All right. You oh, know these are messy. the kind of things. Now, it's not just that. They got full out entrees: chip, fish yeah. and chips, crispy shrimp, steak quesadilla. Taco Trio, Southern Style Chicken Tenders. They got bowls, Asian Steak and Shrimp Bowl. You could be eating chicken, uh, wait, bacon, chicken, mac and cheese. Southwest Chicken. I don't know how. Do you have a problem with, problem with these or are you excited? I can't, I can't tell. This. I can't figure. No, I don't know how you're going to eat this. In the, how you're eating a But it's West- not totally in the dark. I mean, if you're in a movie theater, the screen is is basically giving you enough light where you can see what you're doing. I better not. I went in the wrong theater. Western barbecue, <laughs> applewood smoked Western barbecue burger, uh, avocado chicken grilled sandwich. How are you eating a sandwich with all this stuff? How about chocolate hazelnut churros? Mega milkshakes? My kid's not spilling a milkshake all over the planet. Why would they spill a milkshake? There's There's seven and There's a lid on it. No, this is a problem, man. This is... (laughs) This is gonna... It's gonna blow up, man. What's with all the mans? And then man... And then... And then we have to have drinks, by the way. We now have to have liquor in the theater. Otherwise, we can't watch the movie. We got to have... So now the guy's going to be... You know, these people with the with the, um, the ice. gin and tonic and yeah. the ice is spilling, cr- cr- crunching back and forth. Then they're going to be crunching on the ice. Then they're going to be drunk and they don't... Ca- Listen, all I can tell you is I will try it. <laughs> really? <laughs> After Why? all of that. <laughs> You have a very open mind. I like the menu. That's what. Do you, do you <laughs> and I hear the food's very good, by the way. I, you almost have like a death wish when it comes to being annoyed. You will <laughs> seek out opportunities to be yes. annoyed. Yes. Just goes back to my discussion previously of uh, of um, Mr. Rogers and trying to control emotions. I'm always trying to put myself into these situations to then tamper down the 
the interesting and and didn't you say earlier that you wanted to try to avoid those situations doesn't look like it's working no it's, I'm, i don't want i can't i love it just i love life i gotta get in there and you have to sample that but again go to a movie that you're not dying to see that would be my only right. cautionary right i'll go see frozen 2 you know for me that's yeah. like it's okay i'll check it out kids want me to see it and whatever they've already seen it you know so i'll just whatever but who am i gonna go with well, my myself these days i'll go with you all right so we'll go see frozen two in a few how about the mx 4d seat have you heard of this no this is martin scorsese would freak out unfortunately we have two minutes here so i gotta go fast you sit in the seat you ever go to the amusement park where you know you watch the um the screen and it makes it interactive with the with the, the seat is moving itself you know these things? Yeah, it yeah, vibrates. Yeah. Sure. All right, so now we have a, literally, the, it's like a roller coaster. The seat will move, will vibrate. The seat will have um, like to fog. Like to go along with the movie. Yes, it has fog. It has water. Of course, I can't find my piece of paper. It has all that stuff, but it has fog, water. It'll spray water in your face if the really? person's on, you know, doing something like that. Um, That's gimmicky. Yeah, yeah. It, it vib- your feet will vibrate, your your whole body will vibrate, It'll the seat will move. But what kind of movies are Wind doing Wind will blow into you, scents, if you're in some place where there's a bad scent, you'll, you'll smell the scent. I mean, we used to do, like in Universal Studios or Disney, they have that kind of stuff, but 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 their movies, they're, they're tailored so that to, to trigger those effects. Yes. But what kind of movies are out there that would trigger that? That well, are not intending to. This is to. brand new, so but you know what I mean. Seeing. Yes, they started, I believe, in Japan. Like, if you're going to see The Godfather, will real bullets come out and pierce your like when they kill Sonny? Are they going to do this? You're going to feel it. <laughs> well, you'll feel. I guarantee you, you'll feel bullets going by you. <laughs> That's what I want. With I the, want the experience of bullets. Yeah, you're going to feel by my head. But they have the the wind blowing on you, so you may get some of that. Yeah. I don't know. I want to see that. I want to experience a lot more than eating. I don't care about eating in a movie. It's ridiculous to me. The concept of it is ridiculous. I don't need to eat while I'm watching a movie in the dark with strangers. What I need to do is get a seat that's rolling around and I get the, <laughs> the water on me. And You're I being got, serious. I yeah, can't tell. I got, I got to do that. I got to do that. And the only problem is you got to bring a towel with you because if it's a wet movie like Titanic, you're getting wet. You got to bring a towel with you to dry yourself off. All right. All right. There it is. We'll be back next week. Talk. <laughs> All things pop culture. Let us know. We solved no problems. We created a lot. Enjoy. You've been listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's pop culture entertainment talk show. Find us on the web at everythingoldisnewagain.biz. That's dot biz. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station.